0: Hey, let's look in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 3 this morning. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 3. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 1 this morning. Proverbs, chapter number 3, beginning reading with verse 1. Read 1 and 2 from the New Living Translation. Amen. The wisdom writer writes and he says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Look at verse 2 again this morning. If you do this, you're going to live a long time and your life is going to be satisfying. The title of my message today, we're going to talk about the road to satisfaction. The road to satisfaction. Father, I thank you for the word of God today. God, I thank you that it is indeed a lamp unto our feet. It is indeed a light unto our path. God, I just pray, Lord, that your anointing will rest uh, upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. And God, I just pray today that, that, that you will anoint the ears of the hearer today, that they will not only hear your word, but they will heed and make application of the word of God that they received today. Father all for your glory we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said praise the Lord. Praise you may be reseated this morning. Well in the 60's the Rolling Stones made popular the song Satisfaction. Actually the song said and it said it over and over and over again. I can't get no <laughs> satisfaction. I can't get no help me out now because I try and I try and I try and I try but I can't get no not bad not real good but not bad Let, let me tell you what the sad thing is this morning and that is that little has changed In the 40 to 50 years since this song became popular and famous. Although people continue to chase after it, it seems to remain just beyond the grasp of most people. So the title of the message today is The Road to Satisfaction. Now, I believe why, the reason why most people never arrive at this destination, the reason why it is all it always seems to be just beyond their grasp, I believe it is because that they are on the wrong road. Now, if I were to ask the average American today what the road to satisfaction is paved with, no doubt I probably would get answers like possessions, power, prestige, Position, pleasure. Hey, the bumper sticker said, he who has the most toys at the end of life wins. No, the fact is, he who has the most toys at the end of life still dies. The truth of the matter is we we can possess all of the things that I just mentioned and still not be satisfied. The Rolling Stones, they had all of these things, and yet their most famous song perhaps was, I can't get no satisfaction. Oh, because I try and I try and I try and I try, but I can't get no satisfaction. In Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, I believe that he paves the road to satisfaction. As I read and as I reread Proverbs 3 this week in preparation for the message today, I discovered six things that Solomon says that we can do that will help pave the road to satisfaction. Now, before I share uh, these six things with you today, I need to make a disclaimer. I need you to understand this. I need you to hear this this morning. We need to understand. The book of Proverbs as principles, not promises. Let's say that again. We need to understand the book of Proverbs not as a book of of promises, but as a book of principles. You you might say, well, I did this, and, 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 and I was promised that, and it didn't happen. No, it's not a promise. It is a principle. See, there's a lot of ingredients that goes in. Maybe somehow you sabotaged it. Maybe somebody else sabotaged it. Maybe there's a whole lot in the equation. So understand the book of Proverbs not as a book of promises, but understand they are a book of principles. All right, I've got six things this morning, so all I'm going to be able to do is hit and run on all six of these things this morning in everybody's head. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right, Solomon, what are the six things that the road to satisfaction is paved with? What six things can I do in order to enjoy satisfaction in my life? Well, the first thing that Solomon said that we can do, and that is, he said, to saturate yourself in God's Word. Saturate yourself in God's Word. He said it in the first two verses. He said, store my commands in your heart. And he said, if you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. May I remind you today that God's word is much more than just a list of do's and don'ts. See, the reason why many of you do not pick up your Bible between Sundays is because all you see this book as is a book of do's and don'ts. Thou shalt, and thou shalt not. But God's word is much more than just a list of do's and don'ts. It's much more uh, than just a bunch of commands and demands. God's word is actually two things. Number one, God's word is God's love letter to man. This book that I hold in my hand this morning, this is God's love letter to man. And then number two, it's our owner's manual. This is our owner's manual. You see, God's word is uh, uh, is God informing man of his unconditional love for him. God's word is God informing man of how and why he was created. The purpose for his existence and what he should and what he should not do with his life in order for his life to fulfill God's design and God's purpose for him. Just as the owner's manual for our car provides for us details on how to maintain and how to maximize the service out of our automobile. So the Bible, God's word, provides details for us on how to maintain our lives so that our life will be will provide maximum service to the one who created us. May I suggest that God's word is your friend, not your enemy. Reading, studying, understanding, and applying God's word is one of the best things that we can do to help and bless and add value to our life. So if we are searching for true satisfaction, we should search for it in the pages of the word of God. Listen, may I suggest to you that Buried deep within the pages of your Bible are principles to live your life with. And you need to discover these principles. And once you make this discovery, then you need to implement Amen, the principles that are taught in the Word of God. I promise you things will pick up in your life if you'll do it. Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet. It is a light to light my way. I'll never forget several years ago now, I bought a little car, a little economy car. I'd never had one before. And so after I had it for a little while, and it was relatively new, I was the second owner, and after I had it for a while, the the, the engine began to knock and to clang and to bang and make all kinds of horrible, terrible racket and noise. I thought, man, this this engine's going to go out on me at any moment. Man, I've got big-time trouble here. So I did something that I seldom do. I actually got in the glove compartment of my car, and I actually got out the owner's manual, and I began to look through the owner's manual, and I discovered something that I was not aware of. This little car took a different weight of oil than the cars I had had in the past. And so I knew what kind of oil to put in my car. I knew what kind of weight to put. You know the same thing that I put in the other. No, And so what did I do? I drained the oil out of there. Out of there. And I got the correct weight of oil and put in, in in there and guess what the banging and the clanging and the clatter. Uh, it all went away simply because I was willing to read the owner's manual. You see in the owner's manual was everything that I needed to know in order to maintain and get full efficiency out of my automobile. Listen friend let me tell you this is our owner's manual for life today and if your life's not going well today it's because you're not looking at the owner's manual because everything you need to know about your life and how to live your life can be discovered in the owner's manual. Amen. 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 Amen? All right, Brother Solomon, what else we have here? Number two, here's what I discovered in what he wrote, and that is submit yourself to God's ways. If you want to end up at satisfaction, then submit yourself To God's ways. Verse 5 through 8. He says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body. And strength for your bones. Here's what I... have Come to know That is that God's ways Are always best God's ways are always Best and God's ways are always Right Now now I might not understand God's ways And let me tell you in all Honesty that so many of the Ways of God I do not understand Hey I might not even agree with some of God's ways let me tell you there are some of God's ways I don't even agree with it if I were God I wouldn't do it that way May I suggest to you that after 59 years of living, sometimes I have done things God's way and other times I have done things my way. But what I have learned is is that my way usually gets me into trouble. And my way doesn't usually turn out very well. And my way seems to complicate things. Here's what I've come to understand and that is God's way is always the right way. Here's something else that I have learned over the years, and that is what I think I want is not necessarily what I really want. I said what I think I want is not always exactly what I really do want. And what I think is best is not always what is really best. See, here's what I've come to know. I would want what God wants for me if I only knew enough to want it. I would want what God wants for me if I only knew what God knows. You see, God has knowledge that I don't have. He has knowledge that I don't have. And he knows things that I don't know. Let me just throw this in here, a little meddling, okay? Uh, Your boss knows some things you don't know. When he makes a decision, you don't like it. You don't know because he's got information you don't have. And if you had the information he had, you'd probably make the same decision he made. That didn't cost anything. I just kind of threw that one in there. God knows the future. He knows the future. Hey, God knows what's down in people's hearts. God knows what's taking place behind the scenes. He knows what's working just around the corner. If you want true satisfaction in your life, submit yourself to God's ways. Stop fighting God. Stop fighting his will for your life because he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what will make you happy. Oh, you think you know what will make you happy. You don't really know what will make you happy. But God does know what will make you happy. Hey, God knows what lies beneath the surface that will soon rise to the top and cause you much heartache. He already knows about it. The detour that that, that God has taken you on. You know the one that you're grumbling about right now? The one you're fussing about right now? The one you're wrestling with right now? May I suggest to you that the detour that God has taken you on right now is the very detour that perhaps will spare you much pain, the pain that was waiting for you, amen, on the road you were traveling down, but God sees in the future, and he knows what you were heading into, and because of his unlimited love for you, he took you on a detour, amen, not because he doesn't love you, but because he does. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask for a raise and pay. This is good. Hey, the detour that he has taken you on will provide you with, with scenery that you would have never seen before. And it will lead you into some experiences and, and teach you some valuable lessons that you would have never learned if he would have allowed you to stay on the main road. See, here's what I've learned, and that is God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste Anything. Somebody here, you think you are on the hold. You're not on hold. God is at work. God doesn't waste anything. He's always at work in our life. And he has a purpose for everything he does or everything that he allows. See, you will never arrive at the destination of satisfaction until you submit yourself to God's way. Notice the third admonition Solomon gives us in Proverbs 3, and that is surrender your possessions to the Lord. Surrender your possessions to the Lord. That's found in verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. The what? The leftovers, right? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of every. Of some things? A few things? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then, say then. then. What does then mean? It means you got to do first what he said, right? Yeah. Amen. Some of you think you're waiting on God. You ain't waiting on God. He's waiting on you. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank you want to produce some fruit. You had not planted anything. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Let me give you some good advice this morning. Hold your possessions very loosely. Very loosely. Live life with hands open, not with clenched fists. Become a river and not a reservoir. See, stingy people are unhappy people. Miserly people clutch their possessions and scream like a toddler, mine, mine, mine. My little granddaughter's doing that right now. It's hers whether it's hers or not. May I suggest that satisfaction will never arrive in your life as long as you remain possessive as long as you remain selfish as long as you remain greedy. Listen, Job, Job had it right. When after losing every single possession he had, he said, he said, "Should we accept only good things from the hand of the Lord and never anything bad?" He said, I came into this world with nothing. And he said, I'm going to go out with nothing when I leave. He said, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Easy preaching, hard living. The road to satisfaction is paved with surrendering our possessions to the Lord. Understand this, this morning God created all things. And so if God created all things, then all things belong to God. And if all things belong to God, then he can do whatever he wants to with his stuff. My little granddaughter, she's two. And she'll tell me, Papa, you can't come in here. I said, you watch me, little girl. I own this house you're in. No, Papa, you can't do that. You just watch me, little girl. It's my house. I'll do it. It all belongs to God. You don't have anything. I love the Cosby show. Remember the Cosby show? Man, that's a great show. I love that show. Theo says to his dad, We're rich. Dad says, no, your mom and I, we're rich. You have nothing. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, your God is rich, he's wealthy, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't just own the cattle, but he owns the hills. And if he owns the hills, he's got the mineral rights. Your God is wealthy, but you own Number four. Search for wisdom in all things. Verse 13 through 17, that's where I find it. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding, for wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in in her left She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Solomon said that nothing compares to wisdom. And he's right. He said that wisdom produces joy. He said that wisdom is more valuable than gold or silver or rubies. He said wisdom will fill up Both of your hands uh, fill up the one hand with long life and the other hand uh, with riches and honor. Sounds to me like we should be searching for wisdom in all things. Andy Stanley wrote a book a few years ago entitled The Greatest Question. He said out of all of the questions that a person could ask, Out of every single question that that, that man could ask, he said, which is the greatest question? His opinion was, ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? Out of all the questions that you could ask in life, Andy Stanley said, ask, what is the wise thing to do, Or in other words, before making a, a decision about anything, ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? D- don't ask yourself, do I want it? Don't ask yourself, do I need it? Don't ask yourself, can I afford it? I, no, no. Ask yourself, is this the wise thing to do? Huh. I also wish people would ask themselves, is this the wise thing to say? But I'm going to save that for another message, all right? The good news is wisdom is available to us. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says that if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. Oh, that's one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. Let me stop here just a moment and help somebody. Somebody. I want to help somebody here this morning who's trying to make a major decision in your life. Pastor, what do I do? I've got to make a major decision in my life. What do I have to do? I'm just about to tell you. Write it down in your notes and keep it for for now or for later. The first thing you need to do is remind God of what he said in James 1 and 5. Remind God of what he said in James 1 and 5. Then after you remind God of what he said in James 1 and 5, then do what James 1 and 5 says. Ask him to give you wisdom to make your decision. Say, God, I need a little bit of your wisdom today. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do or what not to do. I need your help. Give me wisdom to make this decision. Ask God to give you wisdom to make your decision. Remind him he promised that he would. And the second thing you need to do, and that is you need to believe that he's given you wisdom. Now, he's not giving you all wisdom for all things. You're not the all-wise person. But if you ask him for wisdom for a specific thing, and he promised if you ask, he would give it, then you ought to believe that he's going to do what he said. So after you ask him to give you wisdom to make your decision, then believe that he has given you wisdom based upon what he said that he would do in his word. And then after you have asked him to to give you wisdom and you believe that he has given you wisdom, then make your decision. Stop going around the tree over and over and over. Make your decision. And then once you make your decision, thank him for giving you wisdom for this decision. Thank you God for giving me wisdom for this decision. And then the last thing you need to do is refuse to second guess your decision. That's the hard one. Refuse to second guess your decision. Don't revisit it, don't say don't play the what if game. Hey, you did what God said, believed what God said, acted on what you did and what God said, and no matter how it ends up, because, see, you don't really know. Sometimes we think things end up well, and they really not well at all. Sometimes we think in, things end horrible, but they don't, if we learn something through the process. Hello? Does this help anybody? My subject today is the road to satisfaction. Solomon said that the road to satisfaction is paved with wisdom. And it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense because wisdom will will lead you to the right decision. And the right decision will, will be accompanied with a sense of satisfaction. Number five, and this is a biggie. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is a biggie. If you want to end up with satisfaction in your life, seize your security in Christ. Amen. Seize your security in Christ. Verse 25 and 26, you, you, you need not be afraid of sudden disaster or the destruction that comes upon the wicked. For the Lord is your security. The fact of the matter is only people who find their security in Christ will experience true satisfaction. Now, I cannot speak for you this morning, nor would I try. But let me tell you, as for me, I refuse to live my life in fear. I refuse to live my life in fear. Fearing a stock market crash, fearing uh, another 9 11, fearing a corrupt government. See, see, too many people just live from fear to fear to fear to fear. And they spend their entire life going from one fear. When the present thing they fear doesn't materialize they latch on to another fear. And when the latest doomsday prophet is proven wrong they find a new one to line up with. Pastor do you believe we're living in the last days? Absolutely. Pastor do you believe we're living in a In a dangerous world, yes. Pastor, do you believe our government is corrupt? Listen, friend, I believe it is rotten to the core. But I still refuse to walk the floor at night. I still refuse to wring my hands and shake in fear. Because listen this morning, listen, listen, my security is not. It is not in the stock market and it is not in my money and it is not in my job. And it's certainly not in my government. My security is in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, he holds me in the palm of his hand. Listen, my God has given me a little and he has given me a lot. I've been up and I've been down. But he has always been right there walking beside me. He's always been there holding my hand. And I want to tell you something else, that there are angels, amen, that accompany everywhere that I go. And there are companies that are walking, angels that are walking beside me. And nothing is going to hurt me and nothing is going to harm me. Amen, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to tremble. I'm not going to live in fear. Amen, my security, amen, is in God. I just choose to place my faith and my trust and my confidence and my dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ. I just simply choose to believe that the one that has taken me this far is able to take me all the way. I can't speak for you today, but finding my security in Christ gives me great satisfaction, it gives me great comfort, and it gives me great hope. And something else I discovered a long time ago, the doomsdayers are always selling something. Remember Y2K? Hello. Number six. If you indeed want to Discover satisfaction in your life. The sixth thing that Solomon said that paves the road to satisfaction is so into the lives of others. Amen. Verse 27, he said, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to help them. I can honestly say that some of my greatest times. And greatest sense of satisfaction comes to me when I help someone else. Whether it be financial help, whether it be mentoring, whether it be giving good, sound, solid, wise advice, sowing into the lives of other people is always accompanied with a sense of satisfaction. If I can help alleviate somebody's pain, or if I can help solve somebody else's problem, oh, oh, if I can somehow add value to somebody's life. Listen, write this down this morning. Being a blessing to others provides a blessing to ourselves. Selfish people tend to be unsatisfied. The more they have, the more they want. The more they want, the unhappier they become. On the other hand, unselfish people tend to be more satisfied. Jesus said it like this. Oh, it's recorded in Acts 20 and verse 35. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Hard to get your arms wrapped around that one. For a lot of you, it really is. Just saying. The road to satisfaction is paved with sowing into the lives of others. If we could get the musicians and singers back in place very quickly and very quietly this morning, please. We've been talking about the road to satisfaction. Perhaps I am talking to you today. No doubt I am talking to many people today. Because although we in America have more than anyone else in all of the world, yet no one struggles in this area like we do. No one struggles in this area like we do. Oh, we Americans, man, we get down and sing the blues when the third car breaks down, man. We have to go home and eat a bologna sandwich. We can't go out. Oh, it's terrible. Half the world goes dead hungry. I've gone to third world countries. I've been in the bush. I've been in the most some of the most remote places. But they put us to shame in their worship. They sing and they dance and they're loud. They're exuberant. They're going home to a hut, maybe with a a, a dirt floor. They didn't have anything to eat before church, and they're certainly not going to Chili's after church. But they sing and they shout, and they got a big old smile. Maybe satisfaction doesn't have anything to do with power and prestige and possessions and position at all. Maybe the reason why you are dissatisfied is because you, my friend, are walking down. I can honestly tell you today that unless Jesus is walking with you on the road, there is no satisfaction. There is no satisfaction. Maybe for you, your theme song is the Rolling Stones theme song. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try but I just can't get up. Satisfaction doesn't come from possessions. It comes from a person, and only one person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray today, Lord, that you'll take this word this morning. God, let your word do its intended work today. Speak to our hearts today. Holy Spirit, take the Word of God today and drive it home in the heart and the life of the people of God today. In Jesus' name, everyone standing this, mor- this morning, please. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today, perhaps you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Bible says, there is no peace, says my God, to the wicked. So no matter what else you have, if you do not have Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life, you don't have peace. Oh, you may have it for today or tomorrow or this for a little while or that while, but there's no true and lasting peace outside of a personal relationship Jesus Christ. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around this morning. Please honoring those that need to respond. If you're not saved today, if you're not 100% sure of your salvation, that means you're 100% unsure. I wouldn't want to leave this room unsure of my salvation. So if you're unsure of your salvation today and you want to make sure that you're saved, you want me to help you this morning. I've described you, I want you to lift your hand all over this room. Just lift it up really high. And let me see that you've lifted your hand, and then once I recognize you've lifted your hand, not calling your name out, just recognizing that somebody has lifted their hand all over this room. I'm not sure. If I were to die in the next five minutes, I'm not 100% sure. I'd go to heaven. Oh, I don't want to live that way any longer. God bless you, sweetheart. You can put your hand down now. God bless you, sweetheart. You can put your hand down now. Anyone else in this room this morning? God bless you, sweetheart. All right. Yes. Okay. Anyone else this morning? Lift it up real high. Wave at me if you're in the back so I can see it's a little dark. Wave at me. I can see, but not real well. So wave at me really big if you're in the back. All right. We had several youth lift their hands this morning. I want you to come this morning and come on up to the front this morning. And will you come, sweetie? You lifted your hand and you lifted your Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you want to come with these. Thank you, Jesus. You guys want to take care of you. Alright, your hands are, are or your, your your heads are still bowed, your eyes are still closed today. How many of you this morning, this message hit kind of close to home today? Maybe you're struggling in this area of satisfaction today and you discovered some things as we went along through these six things that Solomon gave us. You discovered maybe the problem and you want to take care of it today. All over this room, let me see your hand this morning. Anyone, God bless you. and you. How many others this morning? Lift your hand. I've been struggling in this area of satisfaction. I believe that the Lord's going to help me. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your How many others this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I want you to come this morning. Four or five raised your hand. I want you to come this morning. Hey, listen, there should have been 40, okay? So don't feel bad. Come on. Come on. Come on. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You know, you should have lifted your hand. You come on. You come on this morning. You come on. You come on. God bless you. Thank you. I'm going to invite everyone to the front this morning. Come on, everyone come this morning. Let's come on, come on. We believe in the altar. We believe in the altar, the altar. We can do the altar many, many different ways. It doesn't have to be in your traditional way. The altar is just when we bow our hearts toward God. We examine our hearts. We examine the word that we've been we've been given. Take that word that we've been given, we pour it down into our heart. That's what I want you to do at the altar today. I want you to examine your life. There's some things in your life you need to take care of. Take care of them. Everybody else, I want you to just take the word that has been pointed out. Everybody, come on in closer. There's, there's lots of room. Come on. Keep coming closer. Come on closer so the rest of them can get here. Take the word that has been shared today. Chew on it a little bit. Chew on it a little bit this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God that has been shared today. Take that Word, get it out of your mind today, and get it down into your heart. Get it down into your spirit, down into your heart, and down into your spirit. They play quietly just for a couple of moments. I'm going to leave you one-on-one with the Lord today. It's your time. It's your time. You and the Lord. You and the Lord. Right now. It's your time.